Join us on August 16th, 11.30 a.m. at the Ballroom at Tanglewood for this month's AAF Luncheon, Healthy Adventures. Listen to John Arcidiacono, President and CEO at the Health Museum and former VP of Marketing and Public Relations at MD Anderson Cancer Center as he walks us through the challenges nonprofits face in the business world and how they can address them. I want you to be successful, and I want to be there, and I want to support you. So in the same way that I would help with, like, Action Nash, I'm going to let you execute and do what you need, but I'm here. Like, don't be afraid to turn around and ask for help or ask uh, what you would consider to be a stupid question. In my head, I'm like, until you get the experience to do something, nothing's a stupid question, right? Because you've never done it. So how can I be mad at you for asking questions about something you've never done? Hola, amigos, and welcome to the Ad to Houston Amigos podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. I am your host, Guido Falconi, joined today by my co-host. Hey, this is Jacob Dantone, the current audio chair of Ad to Houston and producer of this fine program. Today on the show, we are joined by Erica Rodriguez, formerly known as Erica Long. You might remember her from one of our early episodes. She is a former Add to Dallas president, Add to Houston treasurer, current vice chair of Add to National, and an account director at Medium Giant. Erica, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, we are very excited to have you back. Uh, do a little bit of a checkup, see how you're doing, see how things have changed, and there has been quite a bit of a uh, quite a bit of big changes in your life since the last time we talked. Yeah. A lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, like I said, you are now the vice chair of ATU National, which is amazing. Uh, more importantly, though, things have changed in your personal life. You have got it. You were actually planning your wedding the last time we spoke. Uh, <laughs> Wild. I, oh, wow. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that. Like, you were like, you're talking about how you, I think you were like a few months away from your wedding. Look at that. Things just change so quickly in people's lives. Yeah. Since the time we talked, you have got married, you have become a mother, right? Uh, these are yep. incredible things that are part of life, but um, how would you say that all these huge life changes have affected your career in general, but also your involvement with Ad2 and AAF? I mean, having a child, is it took me out of a lot of things for a little bit of time especially just like maternity leave and you know you can you can break up your maternity leave if you want to but there's so much like new stuff to learn um I think I told you guys last time on our last episode that I have a stepdaughter she's 15 but having a newborn and having a 15 year old are two completely (laughs) different things um and so just like relearning and every baby is so different Fortunately, my husband and I got a very happy baby, so it makes things a lot easier. He's a pretty good sleeper, Um, but I I think just how I manage my time has been the biggest thing being affected. I'm I'm a little bit more strict on my it's work time versus it's personal time just because, you know, catering to baby right after work. And so I I just want to make sure that I'm managing that time effectively. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I feel like for the most part, things have been unaffected in terms of showing up for work or my participation. You know, sometimes I get on work calls and I 
have to have a baby in my arms, but I try to like turn mm. off my camera so I'm not a distraction. <laughs> um, but for the most part, like, you know, and everyone's understanding about it too, which is helpful. Yeah. But for the most part, it's been, it, it like, I feel like a new version of myself, but also the same work version of myself when it comes to like my actual work and then add to. Oh, well, yeah, that's amazing. I can only imagine what, um, what a change in just your daily life this is, right? Like, like you said, you had a 15-year-old so, uh, or a stepdaughter, so, you know, it's, it's kind of her own person, right? She's not depending on you for everything. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I find it fascinating and it's incredible how much you managed to stay involved and uh, active in the club uh, while also, you know, mm-hmm. learning how to raise a human being. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's quite impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Erica, last year you joined the Add2 National Board. How would you say the experience differs from being part of the part of the local board? I mean, the the cool part, the, the transition that I like the most is from being on a local board, you're really focused on helping your immediate community. All of your events right. are catered towards your immediate community. You get to meet and network with your immediate community, whereas once you take it a step further, so previous to this, I was the District 10 Add 2 rep, which to me feels very similar to joining the national board um, in in the sense of I turn my attention from helping my local community to helping the five or six clubs when I was Add 2 rep to now all 19 clubs that we currently have under Add to National. I'm helping you within your local market. So I'm listening to what you're telling me is going on in your local market, giving you suggestions on events, um, helping you with, hey, how do I secure sponsorships? Just really being that advocate for you um, and being that outlet for each of our Add to National clubs, especially as I've been moving up, of just, Hey, what do you need? Like, how can we help you be successful yeah. in your market? Are you trying to mimic an event that maybe another market's doing and you you just don't know where to start? Okay, let me hear what you have going on. Let me help you through that. And then just being able to provide those resources. So if there's documentation that I can help you get from that other club or if I can connect yeah. you with, you know, you're, you're the membership chair for Houston and you want to be connected to the membership chair from Minneapolis, let me get you connected with them. So that way you guys can have a conversation and talk and build the new framework that you want to build. It's it's a lot more of helping, which I love. It's probably like my best student role um, is just helping others be successful. And so I really like this role because it's, it's more of a servant leader role, right? Like I'm being a leader, but I'm being a leader by serving everybody else and giving you guys the tools that you need to be successful and to grow and move forward. And I think that's probably the biggest difference between serving at the local level, like whenever I help with the treasurer responsibilities of Add to Houston, you know, I'm serving us in particular in our market and that's fun. It's great. I love it. I love helping you guys with that too, but it's, it's that bigger picture that I get to help with and connecting the dots and making sure that no one feels alone because you're not. I was actually going to ask if it was similar to your role as the D10 representative. So it's funny that you uh, that you mentioned that. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. Like you said, it's it's more broad, right? Like that you have all these other clubs to keep an eye on and to talk to. Uh, you guys do a fantastic job at it, by the way. Um, no, thank but you. But I can only imagine. 
Yeah, I, I can only imagine just uh, because it's like you said, it's very different, right? You're not you're not in Kansas City, right? You're not in uh, where else we have like Tampa, SoCal, um, you know, Tampa, Soka, yeah, yeah, uh, you know. So, but it's it, it's good in, in my own experience, having been president previously of a of a local chapter. Uh, it's always it's nice to have that support from the national team and always connecting us, sharing with us. Um, and, you know, I know that you guys are continuing that, so I'm very happy and, you know, very, very impressed by it. I also believe that at this moment, isn't the entire executive board female? Am I wrong? Uh, technically not yet, unless next year we have someone roll on because Peter oh, is our yeah. immediate past chair. So yeah, because Peter is our immediate past chair, it makes it not all female. Not to say that we don't love Peter, we do. Um, okay. But next year, <laughs> if someone wants to step up in a female, yeah. then it would be an all-female board again. That should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're 75% of the way there. Someone do it. <laughs> Joining the National Board is not the only big change that you had in your career, so to speak, right? You, since the last time we talked, you have been promoted to an account director, Um as opposed to last time when we talked to you, you were a um, senior account director or senior account manager, right? Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how this role differs from what you did before? What things have changed as opposed to like what what the workload is, right? So um, I guess just tell us a little bit about this new role and how it differs from the last role uh, and what have you learned in the uh, process of it? So it's kind of funny because I feel like this, role is coinciding with what I do outside, right? So when you're yeah. in that account director level, you kind of move up into that management level. So I, I feel like it's always confusing when you hear someone say like, oh yeah, I'm an account manager. And you're like, so you manage people. And it's like, no, not necessarily. When you're an account manager, it doesn't necessarily mean that you manage someone or that you are yeah. in a management role, but instead it just means from the positional standpoint that you help manage client expectations or internal expectations. Then once you move to an account director role, and some some agencies will call it an account supervisor, uh, very similar roles, <laughs> just different titles. It just really depends on where you're at and how they do their naming. You, you roll into that management role. So I actually have a team of one that so has myself and one other person, which is fine. We're a small but mighty team underneath me, which is new territory. Um, before, I would think I was working on potentially getting someone to manage. Now that I'm an account director, it's kind of part of the role. Um, and it yeah. definitely means that like, as our business grows and what's underneath my book of business grows, then I would be able to expand on my team if needed. So I might be a book of one right now, but as we kind of get larger, gain more clients, and my workload grows within the team that I manage, it could be a scenario where I bump up to two people or three, um, which is really nice. It's it's very yeah. similar in the sense of what I do with Add to National in terms of being able to help someone be successful. So my, I mean, my management style is very. I'm not hands off, but I definitely am not a micromanager. It's a really big pet peeve <laughs> of mine. Yeah. Um, I want you to be successful and I want to be there and I want to support you. So in the same way that I would help with like Add to National, I'm going to let you execute and do what you need, but I'm here. Like, don't be afraid to turn around and ask for help or ask uh, what you would consider to be stupid question. In my head, I'm like, until you 
get the experience to do something, nothing's a stupid question, right? Because you've never done it. So how can I be mad at you for asking questions about something you've never done? And I'd probably say that's probably the biggest difference is being able to manage uh, an additional person or two or however many is on that team uh, within the role. And then the other half of this is still pretty similar to my account, uh, like my senior account manager role in terms of working with clients, building those relationships. But now I kind of have a little bit more responsibility as an account director to continuously feel those relationships, build those bonds and kind of be that senior executive leadership voice for the clients that we serve when there's an issue or if they don't feel comfortable about something that's happening, uh, just definitely being that person that they can turn to to express that concern. And then I would work with our internal team to either mitigate that concern or work with the client to maybe reset expectations to really help us continue to be really great partners. Um, and that's probably the, the other secondary difference that comes with this role. It's just an additional layer of responsibility. I still do the same things that I was doing before <laughs> for a senior yeah. account manager. So I still have accounts that I manage on my own. I still mm-hmm. talk to my clients every single day. I make sure that our work is getting done. And I think I've said this before in our last interview, but the senior account manager slash account director role at Medium Giant um, also encompasses mm-hmm. what some other companies might consider a project manager. So I'm making sure that work is getting done. I'm checking in with our internal team. And I think for some companies, a project manager's role is doing that. So it's kind of like this two-in-one. But for some companies, and I I know quite a few, where if you are the account manager, senior account manager, account director, you're also doing a little bit of that, making sure the work gets done. The other part of the role is just, I feel like a lot of people don't understand it. I think I talked about this on our last episode, too, of What's the, what's the purpose? Um, and so for yeah. a lot of people that don't know, you you have a lot of different positions at agencies and they all speak their <laughs> own language. Um, I don't know yeah. how many of you have ever had a separate conversation with Jacob about what he does, but if you did and you didn't really understand media or radio in particular, <laughs> you'd be like, Jacob, you said like 700,000 things. And I do not. Understand. <laughs> um, I don't know what you mean when you yeah. say that you did this, this, this edit, like it doesn't add up. <laughs> and that's the beauty of an account manager is I learn what Jacob does so I can understand yeah. it. So when Jacob speaks radio to me, it's not a foreign language. I can, I can understand what Jacob says, but then I'm able to take that information and regurgitate it back out to our clients in a way that they will understand without forcing them to learn exactly how Jacob speaks. And when you multiply that across multiple services, right? So if someone's running radio, but they're also running print ads, but they're also running digital media, I'm supposed to be well-versed enough to know what what you guys are talking about and what you're saying when you're talking about, well, this is how many impressions or this is how many shares or likes or what that engagement means so that I can holistically take all those parts and go back to our clients and say, hey, all of the media that you've deployed, right, that's radio, print, anything else that you've done, here's what that means to you. Here's how that affects you, but in a way that they understand. Now, sometimes that that way that they understand is literally telling them, like, Jacob did a podcast. (laughs) And seven people <laughs> share that podcast mm-hmm. and eight people, right? Versus like being more interested. Yeah. And then sometimes yeah. that's 
now I not only have to understand, yeah, sometimes I don't always just have to understand what Jacob does, but I also have to understand how the client speaks to their management team. Um, And so there's a little bit of a learning curve there too, right? So if like I was working with, let's just say a banking company or, you know, uh, realtors or something of that nature that I have as a client, like I also need to understand how they talk so that I can take our information and give it to them so that they're like, oh, this agency really understands me and they get like what I'm doing and they, they know how I like my information to be said. And so sometimes that means like some clients say social share, some clients say engagement and knowing when to say what as the right terminology for that client so that I'm speaking their language and I'm putting, you know, our reporting situations or our presentations in a language yeah. that they're going to be able to share back with their company. You mentioned being a project manager. Uh, or that being part of your role, uh, all this information funnels to you, through you, to the client, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's very interesting to know that because I work in-house, so I go to my superiors, right, and then they pass that on. Uh, but I never thought about having to change, almost change the way you speak based on the client, right? Yeah. Media literacy is not necessarily global or whatever you want to call yeah. it. So we, the way we see things, the way we things differ. Yeah, my family has no idea what I do. Uh, <laughs> Same, it's okay. They, yeah, they, like, what if you're just making things up? And I'm like, no, no, it's, uh, this is real. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's really a, a, an amazing skill. Um, but uh, one thing that I, I did find interesting is that you, you say that you still do a lot of what you did before, right? You just have a little more yep. responsibility on your, on your plate. Uh, there's something that I've talked to my boss before and some coworkers in the past. The level that I'm at now, the next level will be like a team lead. Uh, but at that point, you know, like my boss, for example, she doesn't do any marketing. She's just a team lead. Uh, yeah. So she went from doing marketing and, you know, marketing conferences and doing all that to like building a bunch of decks, right? A bunch of like presentations for like, for leaders and stuff. So uh, yep. it's interesting that yeah, you still get you still get to do what you you love because you love your job. Uh, I do. You know, we we 100% got that the last time. Uh, but on top of that, you're also moving up in this world, right? In this industry, yeah. which is awesome. And, you know, being at my level, I still have clients, but I have way less than what I had before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> It's because you add in all those management responsibilities. And to your point, I, you know, I'm getting asked like, Hey, internally, can you help me with this internal project? You get brought in more, um, as you move up on how you communicate within the organization. And, you know, I'm still part of other branches because I obviously don't know how to say no. Uh, (laughs) I'm still part of other branches within my company. So I'm on our DEI council. I'm also part of our culture committee. So, like, I, I do help and and try to generate ideas across the company as best as I can. And I think the unique part of me being on each one of those councils, too, is the fact that I'm a full-time remote employee. So, I don't go into the office. I, I literally work in Houston, but my agency is based in Dallas. And so, yeah. I, I don't spend any time in the office. And so, being that voice for people that are similar to me, because I think I mean, we have a good percentage of our office that is not in person. You know, we have people that live in Florida. We have people that live 
in Arizona and Arkansas and Oklahoma, right? So we we kind of have people spread out across the country, and I also want to make sure that I'm a voice for them in the yeah. sense of like, hey, like as a remote employee, when you guys do breakfast on Fridays, just remember like your remote employees see the notification that like, hey, there's breakfast on the third floor, but none of us can go and experience that. Like none of us can go yeah. and chat with our coworker and eat a donut right. at the same time because we're not there physically. Yeah. Um. So just making sure that like from that standpoint too, I, I like that I'm involved in some of these other aspects and that they're asking me to help with internal stuff because I do think that for other remote employees that maybe are not in that management level, it's it's yeah. eye-opening to see, like, oh, even though I'm not physically there, I can still be a part of company culture. I can still be a part of our DEI council and help, you know, share my voice and give opinions, but I don't physically have to be in the office. And I I, I think it's hopeful, right? Like, I, I appreciate yeah. that aspect of my company and being able to trust me as someone that can share that insight and give that information and then also to my peers that I work with who trust me to like, Hey, Erica's going to make sure that what we feel is getting communicated. Like those type of things also yeah. are really helpful in, in the world that I work in. Yeah. Being an advocate for your coworkers in a way. It's, yeah. Very important. Right. I just, I just want to point out real quick that usually when I do tell people about my job, I always just tell people that I push <laughs> buttons for a living. Oh Yeah. <laughs> You know what? That's good enough. Because <laughs> right, I, you know, I because I get what I get what Erica says. Because like there are times where I'm explaining things, and I'm just like, oh wait, yeah, you don't know the terminology. So usually exactly. I'm just like, exactly. oh, yeah, I push buttons. That's all I do. That's yeah, I, do. I have a I have had a ton of like being on client calls, and someone's like, I understand marketing, but like don't speak jargon. Mm-hmm. And then like yeah. one of my peers will get on a call, and they're like, yeah, so your CTR is this, which means that your CPA is this, and what we did is we pulled these levers and we did the, and I'm like, guys, they do not like, know what, what you're talking about. Please stop. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just to let you know, your click-through rate. So the amount of times that people are clicking and sometimes like I do have to follow up, you know, I don't, I don't ever want my peers to feel like I'm not advocating for them either. Um, that's kind of the cool yeah. part about being in account management is I'm not just always on the client side and advocating for the client. If internally our team is like, this is not working, Erica. And I'm like, it's not working. There's nothing we can do. And they're like, there's literally, like, this is ridiculous. It needs to stop. And I'm like, okay, yeah, uh, I got you. And I might ask them some more questions. And I might, I think this is kind of like the strategist brain um, that I have, too, of I'll ask them, like, okay, so what's alternative? What else can we be doing? Um, Is there something that I can do in place of that? And if there's not, is there something that you think strategy-wise is going to get them to their same goal? And then I'm able to go back to the client and say, hey, so our team 100% does not agree with this, um, and here's hmm. why, and here's why it's not going to work, right? Uh, clients typically yeah. trust that because we're experts, we do this for a living, right? And so they're like, okay, it's not going to work, this is why. And sometimes I have clients that are like, I still want to try it. And you're like, all right, we told you what we thought, and you want to go against the grain, that's totally fine, let's go ahead and execute that. Um, and sometimes we'll try to work with them like let's execute it but how about we don't do your full budget because if it doesn't work i don't want you guys to be upset that you spent twenty thousand dollars on something that we we kind of bluntly told you in the beginning wasn't going to work right and so 
sometimes we can meet the clients in the middle, but Jacob, to your point, like sometimes I'm literally explaining something to them and they're like, I don't get it. And I'm like, <laughs> they break it down in the most simple terms for you so that you do get it. So that way I can tell you to not do what you're doing. Or I can tell you like, no, do more of this because what it's doing is it's getting you this. Looks like we ran out of time this week, but stick around for more of our conversation with Erica. And before you go, here's a clip for the next episode. But the number one thing that I'm always looking for is when people are answering questions, and I think this goes into when you're looking to get a role, but also when you're working within your role, how are you taking initiative, right? So I might ask you a question about a client problem, or you might be currently working within your role and you have a client problem. Are you waiting for your manager to sit there and tell you what to do? Or are you really prepping through and walking through scenarios in ways that you think you can tackle it? Join us on August 16 at 11.30 a.m. at the Ballroom at Tanglewood for this month's AAF Luncheon, Healthy Adventures. Listen to John Archidiacono, President and CEO at the Health Museum and former VP of Marketing and Public Relations at MD Anderson Cancer Center as he walks us through the challenges nonprofits face in the business world and how they can address them. Once again, that's August 16, 11.30 a.m. at the Ballroom at Tanglewood. Can't wait to see you there. Thank you for joining us today. The Add to Houston Amigos podcast is produced at Radio Lounge. Add to Houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals aged 32 and under who are looking to make a difference in the industry. If you would like to become an Amigo, join us at addthenumber2houston.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at addthenumber2houston. Thank you for listening.